When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. The money pit is presented by the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, Kohler Power. And arrow fasteners. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here for you. We are sort of your home improvement experts. We are your coach, your counselor. We are your home improvement therapist and things are not going so well. And if you got problems or you got projects or you got questions, well, reach out to us and we will do our best. To help. The way you do that is by going to moneypit.com slash ask, click the blue microphone button. It's pretty much on every page and record your question. And then we will answer you the next time we produce our show. Or you could also call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Hey, coming up on today's show, the number one building material in the world is concrete. But did you know the cement in concrete is actually a big contributor to CO2 emissions? Well, now... There's a brand new product on the market that's coming out. It's called a carbon-eating concrete block. It's just weeks away from commercial use. We're going to share the details on this big step forward toward creating truly green buildings. And also ahead, do you have a chilly room or maybe two in the house that just doesn't seem to ever feel that comfortable? Well, we're going to share a new technology in space heaters that can make that discomfort disappear. And it looks pretty darn good, too. And speaking of being chilly out, you know who doesn't want to be outside? Stink bugs. <laughs> They're coming in now in big numbers. This is the season when they really invade our space looking for warmth. So we're going to share a very sweet way to stop them from getting in, as well as a stink-free way to get rid of them if they've already joined your nest. <laughs> and they look so weird and prehistoric. They it's do. so strange. It's like those and cave crickets, weird bugs that stuck around. How odd. But first, guys, what are you working on this chilly fall weekend? Let us help you make your money pit the best home ever. So give us a call. Reach out however which way you like with all of your questions so we can lend a hand. And if you do, we've got a handy set of Arrow 5-in-1 stable guns to give away to one caller drawn at random. So let's get to it. The number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT or post your questions at moneypit.com slash ask. Brian in Delaware is on the line looking for a water softening solution. Tell us what's going on. I have hard water in my house. I need a conditioning system. I don't know a ton about them. I know there's a salt-based systems that have been around forever, and then you research some ionized-type systems. Not sure which one is the best route to go. So if you've got hard water, that's really tough to live with because it is not good on your clothes. It doesn't feel good on your skin. It always feels like it came out of a saltwater bath when you take a shower. And you can't get the soap off of yourself. Right. It's terrible. Yeah, shampoo and soap, it doesn't suds up, right? 
So you're right. You are going to need a water softener, and there are two types generally, a salt-type water softener, which is traditional and it's been around for a long time, and it works really, really well. Basically, the way a salt-based system works is it uses sodium to reduce the mineral concentrations, and in particular, it gets rid of the calcium and the magnesium that is what could damage your plumbing system or your boiler or your skin or your hair. It's also really bad when you have a tankless system because the tankless tubes are really, really small, and they can get caked up with the hard water. So salt-based systems are good. They're tried and true. There's a misconception that using a salt-based water softener adds sodium to your drinking water. It really doesn't. It's a chemistry thing. Just take my word for it. It doesn't do that. The other option, of course, is salt-free. What that really does is it crystallizes. It doesn't remove those minerals. It crystallizes them so that, theoretically, they won't be embedded into the water. Uh, The best way to think about it is, if you know, when you have magnets and you try to touch the positive side against the positive side of another one, it bounces it away. That's kind of what it does. It charges the hard water particles and causes them to repel each other. So you don't have that uh, persistent feeling of the hard water in the water. But in terms of the entire house, generally, I would use those if I had maybe a smaller house. But if I had a whole home and I was dealing with this, I would definitely use a salt-based system. So I think that's the best solution. Heading over to Alabama, where we've got Linda on the line. How can we help you today? A couple of years ago, we stained our porch with some, uh, well, it was a dark stain. We had etched it before, and then we put a polyurethane on top. Uh, now, part of this porch is uh, not under cover, but the majority of it is. Well, the, the stuff is peeling off, looks terrible. So what we want to do is uh, get this mess off and maybe use some cement paint, just paint it with cement paint. So I've got some other suggestions for you that would be much more attractive than paint. There's a manufacturer that makes products for covering concrete that look like stone because they actually have stone built into them, and they're absolutely beautiful. They have a terrazzo version of it. They have a product called Roller Rock. They have a product called Spread Rock. I would take a look at DeichCoatings.com. It's D-A-I-C-H. C-O-A-T-I-N-G-S, DeichCoatings.com. These products work really, really well. We're getting great feedback on them, especially this Terrazzo product, which is just gorgeous. You could apply this Terrazzo product literally in an afternoon and be ready to walk on it the next day. And it's going to look a heck of a lot better than paint, and it really stands up. Okay. uh, Now, what do you do to prepare for that? There's going to be instructions with all of these products. But basically, you have to get get off the loose paint that's there, whatever the material is you put before. If it's if it's binding, if it's stuck in there and not coming off, then it's fine. But if it's loose and flaky, all the loose stuff has to come off. And there's also some products that they offer that you can use to clean those surfaces and etch them surfaces uh, before you actually uh, apply the products. But follow the instructions. Again, go to DiceCoatings.com. Check them out. We've worked with these guys for many years. They're really, really good at this stuff. And I think you'll be surprised with all the options you have. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. Okay. Thank you. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens, too. 
Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Randy in Missouri's on the line. Now, Randy, you've got some questions about a new metal roof. All right, what's going on over there? Yeah, I had a, a metal roof put on. A few years ago, we decided, my wife and I decided to go with the metal roof. Okay. The contractors came, and the first thing he wanted to do is take out the two whirly, whirly birds on top of my roof. Okay. Does that sound, do you know what that, I guess you know what that means. I know what it is, yeah. It's a vent, and it was it was the right thing to do. He, he covers up the two holes with the whirly birds. And now I have nothing. There's no ventilation to the top at all. My two outside vents yep. that were there when I built the house, is that safe or is that... So you're talking about the gable vents at the ends of the building? Right, that, yes. That's yes. what you have now? Yeah. So look, for, first of all, I will tell you that what you're calling that, that whirly bird, <laughs> that vent that like spins on top of the roof, is the least efficient, least effective vent you could have possibly have had. So I wouldn't think twice about covering those up, period. Um, because they really just don't do that much. Now, if your attic is really hot in the summer and, and really cold in the winter, um, you know, it might be that you need additional venting. Now that you have a metal roof, I would have told you to put in a ridge vent down the peak of that roof, but the fact that you don't have one now is not kind of a deal breaker. Just make sure that you, if you, if you don't have it, that you add this, and that's soffit vents at the overhang, where the roof overhangs the exterior wall, because you want to let air in low and then exhaust it at high. I think I do have some some of that soffit has holes in it. Yep, with holes in it, yes. But the insulation runs right right up to it. Right. So the solution there, Randy, is something called an insulation baffle. It's kind of like a um like a cardboard sleeve or a foam sleeve, and it's designed to be pressed underneath the roof sheathing right up against that exterior wall frame. So it sort of pushes the insulation down, squishes it on purpose right where those vents are, and this way the ventilation can get past that insulation and work its way up into the roof because the the air that blows across, the wind blows across your house and, and it blows in those soffit vents, and it will go up into that attic space and exit at those gable vents that you have on the end. So I don't think you lost any efficiency taking out those whirly bird vents, I only suggest that you install these baffles to make sure that your soffit vents have the access that they need to do the job. Okay. Well, that answers my questions. <laughs> Whatever you are working on, reach out so we can lend a hand. Plus, we're maybe going to give away an awesome prize to you. That's right. This hour, one lucky Money Pit listener is going to get a set of two Arrow 5-in-1 manual staple and nail guns. And you can keep one and give the other one away as a gift. I mean... This is like regifting at its finest, you guys. <laughs> it's like, but it's it's not regifting like the worst gift you got. Right? It's like regifting the cool stuff, the good stuff. Right? No, it's like the best. I mean, I guess you could always keep two for yourself, you but could. you don't need to. 
Well, you would. I know you. When you're holiday decorating, you could use you could use uh, <laughs> two guns, so to speak. <laughs> yep, double handed. That's right. I'm totally at it. I mean, they're really awesome. The T501 is such a great multi-purpose tool. I mean, for a ton of projects like crafting, wire stapling, light carpentry, all the perfect holiday stuff. So definitely reach out with a question, guys, and get a great gift for yourself and a perfect one for your buddies. They're worth 86 bucks. going out to one caller drawn at random. Make that you reach out to us at 888-MONEYPIT or go to moneypit.com slash ask. We've got Ann in Texas on the line with a question about a countertop. Tell us what's going on. I wondered if my countertop, if I could uh, have a leather look to them, and I would like to have them smoothed down. Is that something that can be done since they're already installed, or do they have do I have to change them out? Uh, and I mean, if this is a leathered look granite, which is you know a very specific finish to give it that sort of rippled texture. I mean, I don't think it actually looks like leather. It just looks like it has, you know, a very matte sheen and a lot of texture to it. I don't think you can smooth that down at all, especially if it's installed. I mean, this is something that would have to go through extensive machinery to be smoothed and resurfaced completely. Right, Tom? It'd probably be cheaper to replace it completely than it would be to smooth out what you have. Yeah. I mean, if it turns out that it's not granite, you just have like a leather pattern to say a laminate, there are great countertop finishing kits out there that use real stone. Like there's one called Spread Stone, which is a countertop kit that uh, when you apply it, it takes about a weekend. It gives you a good looking top. It's heat resistant. It's water resistant. But again, you can only use it on a laminate. If this is granite and it has that, that textured rough pattern, then no, you cannot, you cannot definitely smooth it out. So, wish we had better news for you, but that's the situation, and Good luck with that project. Tom in New Jersey's on the line and has a question about return on investments when it comes to projects. And it's not you, Tom. We actually have a Tom. <laughs> What's going on? I hear you talking about return on investment when it comes to uh, renovations. And, for example, if you say a big bathroom has a 50% return on investment um, uh, for a renovation, I assume that means that if you uh, sell your home, you're going to get back 50% of what you put into that next year on that bathroom. In other words, different than like in the world of finance, where if someone says you're getting a 50% return on investment, you would get back your the full capital that you put up front plus another 50%. So I don't know, is, is the definition different when talking about renovation budgets? That's a really excellent question, Tom. And yeah, what it means is, is kind of how you first described it. In other words, if we say that a bathroom gives you a 50% return on your investment, actually it's higher, but let's say for argument's sakes, it's 50%. That means if you sell your home, and if you sell your home within a, a pretty short period of time, by the way, and the, the National Association of Realtors uh, started this cost versus value survey idea a while ago with Remodeling Magazine. And that's kind of how they determined. They said, well, you know, if I put $10,000 into a bathroom and then I sell my house in a year, I will technically be able to charge $5,000 more than if I hadn't put the ten grand in. So that's what they mean by return on investment when it comes to remodeling. But generally speaking, we, we have these numbers so that they could, could be cared, compared relatively to each other. In other words, sometimes people think that everything, every dime they put into a house is going to give them a good ROI. But I have sad news, Leslie. The man caves, they don't really give you much of an ROI. The bathrooms, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) But they bring happiness. Doesn't that matter for something? I think so. I think it definitely does. 
Well, you know, I read a lot of stuff from the industry, and I actually saw a post in a publication called Interesting Engineering, which I agree was very interesting because it was about how the world's first carbon-eating concrete blocks are now weeks away from commercial use. Check this out. The company behind them is called Carbicrete, and they're sounds like a, a diet, doesn't it? Like a no-carb. <laughs> Carbicrete, and they're producing an alternative concrete that absorbs carbon dioxide instead of releasing it into the atmosphere. Now, these blocks use a cement-free process, and that's actually going to help remove 330 pounds of carbon dioxide for every ton of concrete produced. That's a lot. I mean, that's really a lot. How cool is this? Now, the blocks are up to 30% stronger than conventional cement-based blocks, and the carbon tech company is set to increase manufacturing to 25,000 units per day. So, I mean, they've got really big goals to get this green building, like, underway quickly and effectively. I mean, concrete truly is the most widely made construction product on the planet. It's used for foundations for homes, commercial buildings, bridges, the roads that you see around us. So it's pretty awesome. I mean, even the curbs that you see under your feet, I mean, it's an essential construction material. So to keep it super green is outstanding. Here's something I didn't know. Interesting engineering also points out that a key ingredient in concrete has always been cement, the production of which accounts for around 8% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. Now, the cement sector produces more than 30 billion tons of concrete each year, so turning all that into a carbon dioxide-eating concrete machine can definitely have a very positive effect on the environment. I love stuff like this. Even when you think nothing can change with concrete, here we go with Carbicrete, making it possible for our foundations and our roads and our sidewalks to all be greenhouse gas emission-free. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Pete in Ohio is on the line, has a question about tankless water heaters. How can we help? I am getting ready to replace uh, a, a current water heater and was curious about your thoughts on a tankless water heater. Do you, I seem to be getting a lot of different opinions about whether they're worth it, whether they're reliable, you know, if, they, if they're mechanically sound, those kinds of things. So just curious what your, what your thoughts are on it and if you would recommend a particular type of uh, tankless heater or brand or even, uh, you know, things to, to look for. I do have gas heat. Well, Pete, I would say that you have little to be concerned about, about the technology behind not only tankless water heaters, but frankly, tankless boilers as well. I mean, in my home, oh, about a year or so ago now, we replaced an old boiler that used to provide our hot water and our heat for our, our old cast iron radiators with something called a combi unit. Now, we used a, a Wheel McLean, W-E-I-L hyphen McLean uh, unit. That was the manufacturer. And that's a brand that's been around forever. I knew it very well from my years as a home inspector. Uh, and in my case, we get both uh, domestic hot water and the water that heats our home through the radiators out of the same unit, which, by the way, is about the size of a kitchen cabinet. I mean a small kitchen cabinet. It's amazing uh, how much technology has changed the size and the shape of, of these things. So I think that if you are ready to replace your water heater now, if you have hot air heat, of course, you don't need uh, you don't need the boiler side of it. You could just use a tankless water heater. You will find that that technology is very, very dependable right now. It is incredibly affordable in terms of what those costs used to be when they first came out. And the efficiency is really through the roof. And, in fact, in a lot of states, you may find that there are um, rebates available. So I would ask your heating companies about the available rebates. When we bought our boiler, there were actually two rebates and I think they totaled roughly around fifteen hundred dollars altogether, which was a, which was about roughly about twenty five percent, twenty twenty five percent of the cost of the whole project. So I mean, it was a pretty big discount that we were able to enjoy as well. And uh, in fact, I just got my gas bill. Of course, it's winter now, and my gas bill for last month uh, was twenty eight dollars. <laughs> so I mean, I'm I'm sure it was probably one hundred and twenty eight or more than that uh, before we did the system. So really happy with technology, and I would definitely recommend it. It's the fall season, you guys, so you're probably working on a bunch of projects around your money pit, and maybe you're thinking, boy, I wish I had some more tools, maybe even a workshop full of them. Well, guess what, you guys? You can enter the Money Pit Fantastic Fall Fix-Up Sweepstakes presented by Arrow. Get this, one grand prize winner is going to receive $750 woo, worth of Arrow tools, and it includes the T-50 heavy-duty staple gun and the pneumatic bride nailer. There's also going to be five runner-up winners who will receive the Arrow Holiday Light Helper Prize Pack, basically a hundred bucks worth of tools. You can enter once a day at moneypit.com/sweepstakes, and you can also earn bonus entries for additional chances to win. Just go to moneypit.com/sweepstakes. Donna in Tyler, Texas, is on the line. Has some questions about windows. Tell us what's going on. We have uh, double pane windows that we've replaced our old windows with about 20, 25 years ago, and now I have some that don't close. And I have one 
that has that I can't open, that the mechanism in, in the side of the window broke, and I didn't know if there was any hope for repairing them or fixing them or if I just need to get new windows. Well, I mean, really, Donna, 20 to 25 years, Leslie, I feel like she got a lot out of those windows. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's for a sure. good life, right, for windows. And uh, certainly you may be able to repair some of the mechanism if you can locate the parts, but it, it frankly might just be better to replace those windows, especially because windows today have become less expensive and they've become more efficient. And if you go with replacement windows where you're only really replacing the operable part of the sash, the part that slides up, and slides down, and you leave the old sash in place, uh, they're really pretty affordable and easy to install because you basically order them to fit inside that space, and they can be installed in a really quick... I mean, I could do a window like that inside of an hour easily. So they're not that difficult to replace these days, and especially if you have bad seals because the seal... It would definitely not be worth at all taking out the window that has the bad seal and having the seals replaced. That would be much more expensive than getting a new window. So I think you ought to be happy with the 25 years you got of that window and think about replacing them. And you know what? If uh, if you want to approach this in a way that kind of keeps the costs in check, I would think about whether or not I was more concerned about my heating bills or my air conditioning bills. If it was the air conditioning bills, then I would do the south side of the house first, followed by the west. And if it was the heating bills, I would do the north side of the house first, followed by the east. You don't have to do the whole house at once. You can do the one or two sides at a time. Well, everyone has a chilly room or two that never quite gets as comfortable as you'd like it to be. The folks at Eden Pure have a solution, and they recently sent it to Leslie and I. It's a new space heater they designed. And I got to say, I was really impressed by this thing. Oh my goodness, yeah. It's called the Gen 40 heater, and it works by combining infrared heat and convective heat to warm a room. And I gotta say, it looks really great. Now, these two technologies work together, and they heat those chilly areas of your home better than conventional space heaters. The unit's got a fan that oscillates, which circulates the heat that covers the entire space. Yeah, now, traditional heating technology lets heat collect at the ceiling. That means that your floors in your home have a temperature that's usually 7 to 10 degrees colder. But the Gen 40 heater is designed to heat a room evenly, wall-to-wall, and floor-to-ceiling, literally, so there are no more cold spots in your space. Yeah, and it's also completely safe around pets and children because there's no exposed heating elements that can be touched, and it also has multiple safety shutoffs to help prevent a fire. Now, you can use the Gen 40 all year long, too, because it has a fan-only function that's going to keep you cool in the summertime and then help you reduce your air conditioning bill. Now, heating costs are expected to go up this winter, but the Gen 40 heater is guaranteed to start saving you money on your heating bill literally as soon as you turn it on. Check out the Eden Pure Gen 40 heater at EdenPureDeals.com. And right now, Money Pit listeners can get an additional 50 bucks off the sale price, the lowest sale price, by using our discount code MONEYPIT50. Let me tell you what a great deal that is because the retail price on this is 447 It's on sale for 247 and you get another 50 bucks off, so you'll be paying 197 for a $447 heater. That's the kind of deal you can only get on the Money Pit. So go to EdenPureDeals.com, enter the discount code MONEYPIT50, MONEYPIT50. Heading out to Massachusetts, we've got Bob on the line who needs some help updating his heating system. What's going on besides being chilly, I'm assuming? Would it be cheaper at all to run natural gas versus number two fuel oil? I want your professional opinion. So, Bob, I think that um, switching from oil to gas is a smart thing to do. 
Uh, oil prices certainly have continued to go up. I think gas is more potentially more efficient, and especially since you are going to be replacing your boilers, the new boilers today that run on gas are really, really efficient. In fact, they're so efficient, there's a lot of rebates out there that are available. So I would not have any hesitation about making that switch to gas. If you don't have a gas line to your home yet, generally when you are installing a heating system or a large appliance like that, at least in our part of the country, the gas companies here will run the line into your house, set the meter up at no cost because you're going to become a customer of theirs. So I think that you would be well served by putting in natural gas. And you'll find also that a lot of the boilers today are what's called condensing boilers, which are the most efficient. In fact, I have a condensing boiler in my house and it's so efficient. I no longer need a metal vent pipe. My All of the exhaust gas from my system goes out of a plastic pipe. It doesn't even have to go up the chimney. It goes out the side of the house so that I never have to deal with the issue of uh, cleaning anything anymore once it's done this way. So I think uh, a condensing boiler, gas-fired boiler would be a good choice. James in Oregon's on the line has a question about pocket doors. What's going on at your money pit? The wife and I had a, had a house built uh, 20 years ago. She designed the house and we had it built. And we had this small mistake. We've got two of the uh, sliding pocket doors on one of our bathrooms. And uh, the pocket doors are beginning to act like they want to hang up. I don't know whether it's a lubrication problem or a mechanical malfunction or maybe just parts wearing out. You know, James, I feel like a lot of people love the look of barn doors these days, which is basically like a pocket door for the outside of the wall. <laughs> but barn doors, I feel like, take up a tremendous amount of space because you lose the other section of the wall that once you close the door that, you know, would have been open to do other things. Pocket doors are great, but I mean, you have to have the space internally in that wall cavity for it. It can't be a load-bearing wall. If it is, you've got to sort of restructure everything. But for the right style house, a pocket door is beautiful. Yeah, and it sounds like, you, I love the fact that you designed the house for pocket doors because they're a lot harder to put in when it's a retrofit because, as, as you said, Leslie, you've got to double the size of the of the header, essentially, because you have to be able to carry the load for twice the width of the door. Now, in terms of uh, the wear and tear on this, of course, I would try the easy stuff first, right? I mean, I would certainly use like a white lithium grease on the rollers that control this um, because it may just be that uh, it just needs to be lubricated. But after all these years, if it's starting to fail, usually what you can do to repair this is you need to take the trim off from the outside. And there's usually on one side of the pocket door because you don't have a full jam on on the side that's open where it slides into, you have kind of a jam. It's like maybe uh, if it's a two-by-four wall, you might have like an inch and a half and an inch and a half in the space where the door slides in and out. Typically, if you just take out the jam on that operable side of the door, you can completely lift that door out of the wall and replace the hardware. And if you have to do any more wall surgery than that, you know, just plan for that because you can fix it back up again. You can use a slightly wider trim, for example, but you need to look at how it was put in in the first place and figure out how to disassemble it. You know, the most important that pr- part of that project is with many of my projects, Leslie, I call it the sit and stare. <laughs> just stare at the thing for a while, try to figure out how it was put together. And then all of a sudden, an idea pops in my brain. Okay, I know what I'm going to do, you know, and you, f- and you figure it out. But I would do the easy stuff first before you start trying to disassemble the jam. Well, they're pretty darn creepy to look at, and they aren't any better on the nose. Stink bugs is what we're talking about. They are pests that emit a distinct odor for protection against predators. Yeah, now they're harmless, but that doesn't mean you want them and their smell around your house. So now is the time of year that you're going to see those stink bugs. They come in because it's chilly out. They're looking to your house for shelter and warmth. So take a few steps now that you can use to keep them out of there. 
Now, first thing to do is to seal all cracks and crevices in and around your house. And as an extra measure, install weather stripping under interior doors as well. Now, protect your vents in your attic spaces and even the crawl spaces with screening. And you also want to make sure that all the screens on your windows are in good shape. Also, store any outdoor chopped firewood on a rack away from your home's exterior walls and remove any boards, boxes, and really any other possible stink bug hideouts from your yard and garden. And finally, here's a tip for cleaning up stink bugs. Don't smash them. Vacuum. If you crush them, you're going to get that stink all over you in the house. But if you vacuum, they will just dry out and go away. So always vacuum them when you see them in your house. Gail in St. Simons Island, Georgia, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Something about egg corns? We've just moved into a new house, and we have a lovely concrete drive that is underneath a lot of live oak trees that are now dropping all their nuts. And the the acorns are putting stains all over my concrete. I'm wondering if I should stain this concrete brown. Well, listen, I think those beautiful oak trees are, are part of the beauty of, of living on St. Simon's Island, which is a gorgeous place. Now, I, I can sympathize with your thought that, hey, why don't I just restain the driveway to match the color of the acorn stains? <laughs> that is one way to do it for sure. But then again, that stain is going to fade over time, and you know now you'll have stains and a driveway that has to be stained at the same time. So what I would suggest is that you just take on the maintenance that this is going to require. It's not difficult. You just need some oxygenated bleach, or you could mix up your own bleach. At a, I would do about uh, maybe like a cup of bleach to about a gallon of water, pretty strong bleach solution. And then when you will put that down, you let it sit for a while, and then you can scrub it off with like a floor brush. You will find those stains will will come up if you stay on top of that that way. I would be cautious about using a pressure washer. It's always an option. But if you want to put down a solution first of the bleach and then pressure wash it, you could do that, but do not use too much pressure because concrete, as hard as we all think it is, it's like butter to a pressure washer, and a pressure washer will actually wear away the surface of it, and you'll see indentations from where you ran the pressure washer over it. But it's a pretty common problem. You're just going to have to stay on top of it by using a cleaner. So like I said, oxygenated bleach. There are driveway cleaning products that are formulated for this. They're very similar to the deck and house cleaning products that are simulated for these sorts of stains. Uh, and if you stay on top of it, it won't be terribly bad. Justin reached out and says he just bought a new range. Sounds like he wants to paint it, huh? Yeah, it sure does. He says, I just bought a new range, and now my other kitchen appliances are looking a little tired, even though they've got plenty of use left in them. Is it possible to paint major appliances? I mean, that's kind of a maybe, right? Well, you can, for the most part. It's not an easy project. First of all, you have to take off all the handles and stuff that's outside of that surface. Uh, be careful to mask off anything that you wouldn't want the paint to get into, like the gas jets and that sort of thing. And the type of paint you use should be epoxy appliance paint. Now, it's available in, in uh, spray cans and some very basic colors, like I'm thinking probably just white and black. But I've used it, and I like the epoxy paint. And here's how I determined if it's really good paint, Leslie, if it takes a long time to dry. And that's what that stuff does. It takes a good day to dry, but once it does, it settles in perfectly, and it looks like a professionally applied finish. So, yes, you can paint appliances. Uh, it's just a bit of work, especially on the prep side, to get ready to do it. Yeah, Justin, I mean, Tom's right. Prep really is key here. If you take the time in the beginning to do all of the prep in the proper order and thoroughly as you're supposed to, then once you apply the paint, it's really going to apply beautifully and stick, and you'll be thrilled. 
Well, if you're only using your microwave to heat up leftovers, you might be missing out on some other very handy uses. Leslie has tips for more in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie, what do you got? Yeah, so, you know, your microwave, it really is a handy-dandy appliance. You can heat up leftovers, and you can heat up leftovers, and you can pop popcorn. But also, (laughs) you can do a lot of other things. So a lot of people don't realize that you can disinfect your kitchen sponges and get rid of that funky smell that they get after you've been using them a while in the microwave. You just soak those sponges in water and vinegar mix and then zap them for a minute. I will tell you, they come out super duper duper hot. And that doesn't mean you can use the sponge for like a year now, but you can get a couple of extra days, weeks out of it. Okay, guys? So don't be gross. Replace that sponge eventually. Now, you can also do the same with a cutting board. If you rub a little lemon juice on it, heat it for a minute, then you can totally say goodbye to all of those like gross raw poultry germs that may have been lurking around. If you go to get honey out of the cabinet, for example, and it's kind of crystallized and solid, you can bring it back to life if you can set your microwave on a medium setting for about 30 seconds. Now, you love baked potatoes? I love baked potatoes, but sometimes they take forever to bake in the oven. So you can actually take your potato... Even if your bell peppers, this is a great tip if you want to put a bell pepper on a grill or maybe if you're even grilling the potato, go ahead, put all your veggies that you want to put on the grill in the microwave, set it for about two minutes, use oven mitts to take it out. Then you can go ahead and either grill that potato and the peppers or, you know, put the potato in the oven for the remainder of the time. And here's another great tip for the microwave. You can use it to warm up citrus fruits. Now, not only is this going to help that fruit release the juice when you're using them in a recipe, but it also helps release the oils in the skin for zesting or even flushing out pleasant scents when you're just displaying that citrus fruit in a pretty bowl on the counter. It kind of makes it a nice air freshener, too. So lots of things that I bet you are not using the microwave for. I will tell you, Henry, my oldest son, do not melt chocolate in a plastic bowl in the microwave for eight minutes. We don't want another <laughs> microwave fire. We, we get oh a little gosh. fire. But that is oh, not that a did, good use. That didn't go Everything well. else, yeah. <laughs> great. How many weeks did you smell melted plastic for? It was a little while. <laughs> I almost just went and bought a new microwave, and then I was like, just I kept windows open for ages and ages. NHS. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, we're going to talk fireplaces. They are great for ambiance and for cutting home heating bills, but they also account for almost half of all home heating fires. We'll share some tips on how to make sure your fireplace is both toasty and safe on the very next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself, but you don't have to do it alone. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.